Um, and then from a service perspective, we often find that service professionals are not never trained on customer service basics. We believe we know it because we believe, you know, it's, we have to be nice to people. We have to be kind to people. We have to help people. But there's this is a profession, and so you know we teach them the skills and um, and all the tools how to manage and handle difficult customer situations. You know, instead of saying if somebody says thank you, instead of saying no worries, uh, which is a negative and a negative. You know, we say things like my pleasure, absolutely, you're welcome, which you you know this is the customer service basics. But often people aren't trained on this, and so we want to be able to make sure that their their toolboxes are full with how to handle these difficult, challenging. Customers customer situation so that we can make sure uh, every customer leaves with a, with a great feeling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another CX Insider podcast episode. Today's guest is Crystal DeCuna, a CX consultant, motivational speaker, leadership coach, and inspirational figure based in Canada. We talk about Crystal's passion for customer experience, diversity and inclusion, and Crystal also gives advice to aspiring female leaders. Enjoy the episode, and for those who don't know about our new Instagram account yet, feel free to check it out and give us a follow on CX Insider Podcast. Crystal is a truly inspiring entrepreneur with more than 20 years of experience in CX. Throughout her life, she has received a number of trainings and certifications from the Disney Institute, the Ritz-Carlton Company, Oprah Winfrey, and Tony Robbins. On top of that, she is also a certified John Maxwell leadership coach and keynote speaker. But when asking Crystal about where her passion for CX came from, she went back to her childhood in Niagara Falls, Canada. From a very early age, um, you know, my grandfather actually had the first Indian restaurant here in Niagara Falls. And, you know, when he ran the restaurant, I was, I think I was probably 10, 11 years old. Um, and we were pouring water for our guests. But from, right from the very beginning, it was, you know, these are our guests. We have to take care of them. And, we, we you know, if something's wrong, we fix it. Like it was very much uh, a family uh, business. And it was about making sure that everybody that walked through those doors felt like they were at home, felt like they were family. Um, and he was very passionate about making sure that people uh, came back. So every time they came back to Niagara, they would absolutely non non-negotiably come and visit us um, or that they made sure that we were one of the stories that people shared when they uh, when they went back home from their vacation and so he was just he was really focused on making sure that we all did that as a family we created stories with our you know our guests that would come in to dine and we would create some magic moments uh, from there I moved into the retail sector and again the same thing I realized I wasn't just selling a product I was improving somebody's life by really creating, um, you know, confidence. And so I used to work for a company called Danier Leather. And I tell you, uh, Valentina, when somebody puts on a leather jacket, something transformative happens, right? They have this this confidence and this boast about them. Have you? Would you agree? Have you had that experience? Absolutely, totally. Yeah, you stand <laughs> a little taller. You kind of feel a little stronger, right? Because it's a tactile experience. So there's a smell to the leather. There's a feel. There's a touch. Um, and so what. I was doing was, you know, not just selling leather jackets, but really improving somebody's confidence and somebody's life with, with the product that I was selling. And so transition into, um, you know, quite a number of years with them over a decade, uh, then got into the construction industry. Um, and same thing, we were selling, I was a vice president of sales for a home builder, um, and we were selling homes, but 
these homes were improving lives, right? It wasn't just everybody builds a fantastic home. There's not a builder I know that doesn't try to build a phenomenal home. But our difference was that we were really focused on um, creating an experience and improving somebody's life. And so I got to a point where I um, I had all this experience strategy that I was doing with other businesses. And I thought, you know what, I've had the Disney training. I've had the Tony Robbins training. Um, I've, I've done all the trainings I can. I really know that um, that customer experience is the X factor. And so, you know, six years later, here I am with the inside view and uh, and we're, we're making a dent in things. So, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Crystal is a chief experience officer at a company called The Inside View, for which she designed a seven-step training program teaching companies how to deliver excellent customer experience. This program recently won the Gold Stevie Award for the best leadership program in the world. So naturally, I had to ask her to give you a bit of an insight into what this program provides. It's a seven-step program. Again, it's designed specifically for leadership teams uh, to take together. So we've got a cohort coming up in the new year, and the idea is for leadership teams to um, to really understand the foundation of not just leadership, but how you're going to lead with a customer-centric mindset um, and an employee engagement mindset, and you know uh, the right mindset to be able to move into the into 2022 and beyond. Um, and so step one is called Vision Vitals. And in Vision Vitals, we get clear on, on what the vision is, but we also talk about, about um, we don't create the vision. You know, most organizations have their vision, mission, culture, core values, that type of thing. But we get clear on how does your team practice that every day? What are the tangible things they need to do on a daily basis to actually practice it? All too often, we find that they're just writings on a website or writings on a wall, um, and the staff is confused. They understand the the, pro, the the terminology, but they don't understand what are the tactical things they need to do to practice uh, and to get to that vision and to get to that mission, those little things they do on a daily basis. And so that's what we create, um, cover in week one, which is Vision Vitals. Uh, week two, we dive into lovesick leadership. Um, this concept of lovesick leadership is something that um, I really coined from Simon Sinek, actually. Um, and so understanding, you know, I'm a mom. My whole goal as a mom is to be able to push our children further than we've ever could, you know, have achieved. And I believe that that's, you know, that's what we employers should be doing. I had a lot of success with that um, at, when I was with Danielle Leather was, you know, my goal was to make sure that I, I was bringing on great talent uh, and pushing them further than myself, making sure that they were able to achieve bigger and better goals. And that's that's a lovesick nature, right, that I am absolutely lovesick about you. So we teach about le lovesick leadership. We bring in a lot of uh, John Maxwell principles and Tony Robbins principles into, into that one. Then we talk about culture connection and so what it takes to cultivate a culture of success. Uh, and that's the, the, the point where we really bring diversity, equity, and inclusion into the mix. Um, and so we, we talk about, you know, elements of designing a phenomenal culture and really what are, what are our measurement tools for a phenomenal culture? <clears throat> so we use some really great measurement um, 
tools for employee engagement and um, and we dive into culture. Then we talk about designing to delight. Uh, Valentine, I'm sure you're familiar with customer journey mapping. Absolutely, yeah, of course. That's that's uh, customer yes, experience so, 101. Exactly, right? And so um, and so we get back to basics, uh, designing to delight. So what we do is we'll take people through how to how to journey map both your employee experience as well as your customer experience. We work with a lot of not-for-profits, so it could be your donor experience. Um, it could be your um, outside community experience, you know, depend patient experience, depending on who we're working with. We start to map out uh, from designing the persona to taking them through the journey. And what's been really cool, Valentina, is we've been able to do this digitally now um, since since COVID and since we're all online. Um, it's been a really fun uh, and interactive process digitally. All right. So once we're done uh, designing to delight, then we get into top talent. And top talent is, hey, how do we attract the right talent? And then what is the process on the interviewing process, the hiring process, the uh, onboarding process, the training process, and then the retention process? So we really get clear on making sure that a small, medium business who typically doesn't focus on this, typically a small business, you know, has a need, they hire somebody, they throw them on the floor and they say, okay, we'll train as we go. Right? Have you ever worked in a restaurant or a retail, Valentina? Have you ever had that oh, yeah. kind of experience? I, in a coffee shop. Yeah. So it's we learn as we go, right? And so, and so we want to be able to make sure that there's a process that allows um, your employees to feel highly successful, and uh, you know, really setting them up for success. So uh, we use some unconventional methods in this process as well. We use uh, video interviewing. I have a really fun process that allows people to send a three-minute video uh, instead of a resume, and it really starts to eliminate uh, the wrong people and really attract the right one. So top talent is a phenomenal piece, especially now given the challenges with the great resignation. Uh, it's a great way to retain uh, top talent. Um, and then we dive into sales and service mastery. So of course we need a sales process and we dive through, you know, what is the sales process, but also what is the service process? Um, again, small, medium businesses, you know, really designing that business model for what business looks like today. Um, and then from a service perspective, we often find that service professionals are not never trained on customer service basics. We believe we know it because we believe, you know, it's we have to be nice to people. We have to be kind to people. We have to help people. But there's this is a profession. And so, you know, we teach them the skills and um, and all the tools, how to manage and handle difficult customer situations. You know, instead of saying, if somebody says thank you, instead of saying no worries, uh, which is a negative and a negative, you know, we say things like my pleasure, absolutely, you're welcome, which you, you know, this is the customer service basics. But often people aren't trained on this. And so we want to be able to make sure that their their toolboxes are full with how to handle these difficult, challenging customer situations, so that we can make sure uh, every customer leaves with a, with a great feeling. Last one is coaching confidence. Uh, so we give leaders the tools they need to coach confidence within their team. Um, you know. Right now, Valentina, you've probably heard like this is the time of year where everybody does those annual reviews. And so uh, what we want to be able to do is remove the annual review process because, you know, it just doesn't feel good that six months to a year later after you've had success or perhaps you've made a mistake, you're hearing about it a year later, right? And so what we want to be able to do is get leaders um, into the habit of consistently coaching success because as a leader, if you're putting in a 40-hour work week, 
you know, a good 70, 80% of your time should 100% be invested uh, in coaching confidence amongst your team. <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, so those are our seven steps. And uh, when you're able in, in the course itself, uh, it's over eight weeks. They're four-hour blocks over the course of eight weeks. Um, and the nice thing is, is that when they're done their leadership training, um, they actually leave with solid, a solid blueprint on how to implement it. Um, and they're implementing every week as they go through. But then also we follow up. So we do a quarterly check-in with the entire cohort. Um, and so you're accountable not just to yourself, but also to your, your, the members in your cohort to, to measure success. One step of our program is about cultivating a diverse and inclusive culture. I asked Crystal to elaborate on how exactly that may translate into customer experience, as believe it or not, while this topic is being frequently discussed in one part of the world, it is still non-existent in many places. Well, I think, you know, we've been teaching diversity, equity, and inclusion for the last uh, six years since I started the company. It was one of the first programs we launched. Um, however, as you know, it's a timely uh, timely topic. And so it's just, you know, recently taken a bit of um, an interest. Um, within the last two years, it certainly has skyrocketed interest. And so when I was creating, we, we offer it in two ways, Valentina. So the, the first way is a, a complete certification on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the second way is a part of our leadership training. And that's that's where they just get a little taste of the, the impact that diversity, equity, and inclusion can make on customer experience. Um, and so when you're asking, you know, why is it important in the CX space? Well, it's really because our world and, and the clients that we serve are such you know, it's a global audience. We're serving clients from across the globe, from every, um, you know, different socioeconomic classes, abilities, disabilities, gender. I mean, there's just so many, um, you know, different types of people that we have to remove these biases and sometimes, you know, unconscious biases that people have uh, when it comes to their marketing, their sales, and who they believe their ideal customer is. It starts to really open up market segments for organizations. But from an internal perspective, when you focus on creating a culture that really cultivates success uh, with that diversity, equity, and inclusion lens, you'll start to really see the camaraderie open up. You'll start to see people feel more appreciated and accepted. You'll start for people to, you know, just just enjoy coming to work, right? And so when that culture is good, when you've got happy employees, Valentina, you've got happy customers, right? And so that's the goal. We want to be able to make sure that everybody, regardless of, you know, what demographic they're coming from, they're all feeling uh, accepted and valued and respected uh, on the, in their internal work environment, but also as customers. Um, I know nowadays, you know, if I'm doing business with somebody and I start looking at their Instagram and there's not one post of somebody of color, I think twice about doing business with them. I really do. You know, I'm a woman of color. I, I'm raising a young black man, um, you know, who's 18. And, and it, it's important for me to make sure that I'm doing business with organizations that, um, that, that value me, right? So. Speaking of inclusion, Crystal used a very nice metaphor and compared it to being invited to a dance. I always say if you can think of diversity as being invited to the dance, then inclusion is really about being asked to dance, right? So um, I've often been invited to the dance. I've been invited to boardroom tables. I've been invited to organizations. I've been invited to boards. Um, but 
then I find um, often I, I don't actually get invited to dance. So it's one thing to be there as a check mark, uh, but it's another thing to actually be be um, have allies that will support us in you know making sure that we're asked to dance. So that that allyship is quite powerful. Crystal is certainly no fearer of anything unknown, which is a highly desirable trait in business. And when I asked her if she could give advice to aspiring entrepreneurial women, she said, "Fail forward." fail fast uh, and fail famously because i think you know as an entrepreneur it's it's not always you know rosy it's not always the perfect storm you're not sitting on a laptop working on your beach you know it's it's it, it, you have to be willing and able to fail and failure comes in all sorts of forms but when it does happen uh, at least you know you've tried number one um, and then the other part is you want to fail forward so what's next hey this didn't work what did i learn from this um, and then fail famously. I love to share. Uh, we I'm a part of a quite a few different organizations and groups and associations. And um, you know, we talk about failure all the time. Like like like, let it out. Share it. Share what you learned, and so that others don't make the same mistakes as well. You know, so that others can learn uh, from the challenges that you've gone through. And so, yeah, I would be you know just embrace. I don't even like the word failure. I've been trying to to come up with a different word because I think it has such a negative connotation, but it's such a it's such a positive thing when you try something, right? And um and so yeah, that would my that would be my biggest advice. <laughs> I still have five rapid fire questions that I include by the end of the episode. And those, if, if you're okay, I, I could ask you. Yes, absolutely. I'm ready. <laughs> so the first question is, what does success mean to you? Um. So right now, you know what, I'm in a really great point in my life my son just received a, a university offer yesterday um that that was success to me when i'm able to share uh to see to see my son do phenomenal that that's success and i'm able to do that because i'm an entrepreneur i have the time to give him i have the time to invest in uh you know flexibility uh, there's just so many benefits from being an entrepreneur but success is really seeing him do phenomenal things <clears throat> he's my everything <laughs> so the next question i have is What's the one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Mm, to be frugal, to to really pay attention to your numbers. Um, I think that was really important in the beginning. Um, you know, people didn't necessarily have faith in in uh, what you were in my entrepreneurial journey, right? And so there was a challenge for me in terms of. Um, you know, knowing my numbers. And somebody once said, Crystal, if you're not paying attention to your numbers, it's just a hobby. It's not a business. And so getting clarity on my numbers and, you know, where I was spending, what I was spending, uh, how I was spending it, that was definitely something that uh, if I could go back, I would have, I would have got better at it quicker. <laughs> Do you have a morning ritual? You know, as they say, like successful leaders, they all have a morning ritual. They wake up at 4am, they do their morning run, then they meditate for half an hour. 
Well, I, I definitely have a morning ritual. I'm not a 4 a.m. girl, I'll tell you that. Um, but typically, um, typically I'm up between 5.30 and 6, um, and I definitely have a morning ritual. So I'm a big walker, uh, love to walk. And, you know, it gets a little cold out here in the wintertime, but we still we still manage. Um, so I really, really enjoy walking. Um, and, uh, of course, I'm, I'm a big gratitude person, so it's really about uh, my daily affirmations and gratitude. Um, and then really getting clarity on what I, you know, want to, what I want to achieve for the day personally, as well as professionally. Um, and so, you know, that's a big part of it too, is that I'm not just focused on work. There's a lot of personal things that we need to get done in the day too. And so, you know, those are, those are a top priority as well. So, um, yeah, so I would say my morning walk is probably the best part of my morning routine. And then of course I eat breakfast every morning and, you know, the water with lemon, that's kind of my routine, but, uh, but walking is a big part of my day. And I listen to, uh, podcasts and all sorts of audiobooks as I, as I walk, because it's the only time I have to, to read as much as I love books. Almost every one of the books you see behind me, um, they, I have them all on audiobook as well. And so I'll, I'll listen to them on audiobook and if I like it, I'll buy it. And then I make my notes in the actual book. So a little unproductive, but it's the best way I can get through a book. Mm. And my last question is, what's the best advice you have ever been given? People love to buy, but hate to be sold. People love to buy, but hate to be sold. It has stuck with me since I was uh, 16 years old. Um, you know, I'm in customer experience, but, you know, selling is something that I love to do. I enjoy doing. Most people think it's a scary, you know, scary thing to do sales or it's a sleazy thing. A lot of people think that, you know, they've got this impression. Uh, I love sales because I really feel like when I'm selling something to somebody, I'm improving their life. Uh, I do it authentically. I do it genuinely. Um, and if it's not appropriate for them, I don't sell it to them. So, you know, I, I really feel good about the sales process. And so uh, when I read this, it's actually a quote from Jeffrey Gittimer, and I, I had an opportunity to meet him years ago. Uh, and he said, Crystal, you know, people love to buy, but they hate to be sold, which makes so much sense to me. Um, and so, you know, instead of selling, you're creating an experience for them. You're creating a relationship with them uh, and you're really improving people's lives. So that would be, yeah, that would be my, my biggest, my best advice ever given. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to give us a like, share, comment, or subscribe to the podcast on your preferred channel. If you enjoyed the conversation with Crystal, feel free to check out her website in the podcast episode description below. And I will see you next time. Bye.